We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the week 12, Tuesday Take 5 on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome to the Root of His Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick, joined by Dave Cabin, and we are doing the Tuesday Take 5 for Week 12 of the 2023 NFL slash Fantasy Football season. We are quickly encroaching upon this year's playoffs, and Dave and I were just taking stock of uh, our many shared teams uh, before we were recording here, kind of a little pre-production meeting, and I know that many of the listeners are doing that as well. You know, hey, if you were playing in the Scott Fishbowl, you're already in the playoffs. You're wondering, am I going to advance to the next week in that big old tournament? And if you've been playing high stakes, you know, like Dave and I do, you're looking at those high stakes dynasty teams. Am I going to make it through? Um, what about the FFPC main event? Or on FFPC, you know, they have also got uh, another pretty big uh, tournament on there, the Fantasy Pros Championship, and we did a, a co-owned team with a listener, and it looks like that team's going to get through to the playoffs, Dave. So we'll have to we'll have to touch base with Adam yeah. uh, after the show and congratulate him on that one. And then, of course, Underdog Best Ball Mania. I mean, th- there's just so much to take stock of, and it doesn't matter. Like the NFL season doesn't care that our fantasy seasons are almost over. They, it doesn't care. The injuries don't care. The coaching changes don't care. But so much of the thought process that goes into starting lineups and the strategy, all of that, like it's just changing. It's like another season within the season. And uh, I think these, these final couple take Tuesday, take five episodes this week and next week in particular, Dave could be really important in terms of, you know, if you're allowed to still make some transactions in your league, are there, is there a guy to stash or not stash? Is there somebody to, you know, give more consideration as a flex, even though he's a tight end, that type of thing. So it's going to be an interesting episode. We're going to break back out, which we did a couple weeks ago. We're going to break back out the strength of schedule streaming app uh, just to give people a look at what to expect in terms of matchups for the next two weeks for some of the players that were surprise entrance slash qualifiers for the top five at their position this week. Dave, is there anything you want to add before we start hitting the quarterbacks? I guess I would just say that I feel like uh, you kind of have three phases to a fantasy season normally, and now we're hitting 
that third phase. And once you've hit the third phase, you really need to have your team just about as crystallized as it's going to be before you get into, uh, you know, closing things out for the year. So hopefully we still have a lot of listeners engaged, meaning that our listeners have made it to this point in the season and, uh, you know, have, have some uh, skin in the game still. All right, Dave. So let's start with the quarterback position and, you know, there's like five guys that two or three of them have been making this list every single week. And that's, that's the case again in week 12, you know, pending what Justin Fields maybe can get done or, you know, Josh Dobbs can get done in this Monday night football game that's playing in the background. Josh Allen is the top of the heat, man. He was back, you know, that, that Buffalo Bills team really needed him and he fell just short again, but not from a fantasy perspective. Definitely not from a fantasy perspective. This is one of the biggest quarterback fantasy games of the season. 39.7 PPR. He had over 50 passing attempts, over 400 air yards. Uh, he was running everywhere. He got you know into the end zone a couple times on the ground. You know, Dave, break down this performance. Yeah, this one is wild because um, he throws for 339 yards. Passes for two touchdowns, as you alluded to, 411 air yards. But he also, on just nine rushes, puts up 81 rush yards. Had a rush yard, or just a rush share, actually, of 22.5 in two rushing touchdowns. Picks up 15 first downs. And the crazy thing about this is, with a performance like that, his team still did not take home a W. Yeah, I mean... I it's a little tricky because the bills, I mean, they're all, they're trending towards eliminated for the playoffs. I mean, they are on absolute life support at this point. So, I mean, you know, a team that has that type of talent, isn't going to just phone it in, but man, I mean, by the time we get to like fantasy championship week, if the bills are out of it, you got to wonder, they protect the investment a little bit, how much they really want to play spoiler. So if you are rostering Josh Allen without a lot of protection, and in a, you know, in a weekly management type league, you know, I think you're going to get these 39 point games the next week or two. Um, you know, that's the type of, uh, you know, just YOLO play that we're going to get out of this position. But if the bills don't win one of those games, it's going to start to get a little bit murky. Now the next guy you don't have to worry about because Jalen hurts is now the overwhelming betting favorite for MVP he was uh, also, you know, on track to be one of the fantasy MVPs for this season. 34.5 PPR for Jalen Hurts. What did his stat line look like and what was driving it? Yeah, so he actually had uh, 139 fewer passing yards, but just 200 passing yards for Jalen Hurts, but picks up an additional touchdown, throwing for three passing touchdowns, just 231 air yards. However, he rushed 14 times for 65 yards, and also added two rushing touchdowns. I am pretty confident this was the first game this year where we saw quarterbacks account for four total rushing touchdowns. And yet another solid performance from Jalen Hurts. All right. Dak Prescott has been a regular in this segment the last couple of weeks. He's as hot as they get in the NFL. 32.2 PPR for him. Another 300 plus passing yard game for him. You know, we got to go all the way back to Thanksgiving Day for this one. Um, and in Dallas, you know, they get to play on, on the holiday every single year, 470 whopping air yards for Dak Prescott. Um, he did also add 10 rushing yards on the ground. We've talked plenty about Dak in the past month, 
So let's talk about these last two guys. Sure. CJ Stroud, he's got to be the favorite for rookie of the year at this point. And I mean, he's really been a strong fantasy QB one um, over the latter half of the season so far. He had another 300 plus passing yard game, incredibly efficient, over 72% completions. What else do we take away from his fantasy line this week? Well, the first thing I'll say here is just that, uh, you know, since week nine on Stroud has had a streak of four games over 300 yards. He's done it five times on the season, which is pretty absurd for a rookie completed 72% of his passes, uh, 304 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. And he also passed for 345 air yards. That was an a dot of 9.6, a pacer of uh, 0.881 accounted for 12 first downs. First team also added a rushing touchdown, uh, on a play that I believe was inside the 10, but had a couple other rushes, actually six rushes for 47 yards. So Stroud adding a new element to his game. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we'd expect this rushing production to be something you can bank on every week. But when you're putting up that passing production like he has, you know, you don't you don't need it quite as much. A small word of warning on Stroud. So, I mean, as hot as he's been, as fun as it's been to watch him, he does have one of the toughest remaining schedules for quarterbacks in the, in the pre playoff weeks. Mm -hmm. So if we look at our strength of schedule streaming app, we look at weeks 13 and 14 through the filters, Houston plays Denver and the New York jets. The next two weeks, Denver has been one of the hottest defenses in the NFL uh, during their, you know, torrid streak here. Think of five straight wins they've rattled off now um, uh, or four straight wins in five out of six. I lost track because I was crying as they beat the Brownies on Sunday. (laughs) Um, and all of our good players. Continue no, it is, to get it is five straight. It is five straight. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's five straight, maybe six out of seven or okay, something yeah. like that. Um, and then the Jets in week 14. So this is going to be a big test. I mean, to your point, Stroud has been incredibly reliable over the past month. You know, I, I was starting him over, um, you know, some, I mean, I'm trying to think here. I know I started, I'm without even a thought over, you know, Matthew Stafford and, um, I started him over Trevor Lawrence and one of my dynasty teams this week. So, I mean, you know, that's where he's gotten to, you know, you might have to think if you, you've got a team where Stroud was your number two, and now you've, you've been laughing all the way to the bank all season, you might be going back to that other guy in the next two weeks, depending on who that is. Now, another, um, kind of late bloomer this season has been Jordan love. And he, he was a QB five this week, looking ahead to his strength of schedule. He's also got a bottom third, uh, strength of schedule over the next two weeks, but that's really highlighted mostly with the tough matchup against the Chiefs. Much easier sledding against the New York Giants in Week 14. I wouldn't worry too much about starting Love if you need to in that game. Dave, what did Love do in Week 12? Yeah, so in uh, Week 12, we see him put up 26.6 fantasy points, completing 22 of 32 passes for around 69% completion rate, 268 yards, three passing touchdowns, uh, a 9.4 a dot, which came on 302 air yards, uh, converted uh, 0.87, also had three rushing attempts for 39 yards um, and 13 first downs for Jordan Love. This was a performance that went over 20 points. And at this point in the year, he's gone over 20 points just five times, however, two of those performances coming in back-to-back weeks in weeks 11 and 12. 
that's that's his QB one. Um, that's his QB one performances. He's actually this was his seventh game over twenty points. A couple of those weeks okay. where he scored twenty points, he was unlucky and was still a QB two. So like back to back in weeks two and four, he scored over twenty points. But you know that's when all the good quarterbacks weren't hurt yet. Yep. Um, so so that actually brings me to another point: is Jordan Love is QB one on the season. Um, that's kind of kind of wild. Um, that includes a six point eight putrid performance against the uh, the Raiders back in week five. Jord- yes, Jordan Love in uh, the year of our Lord twenty twenty three is a QB one on the fantasy season. And he's going to be right on the edge of it in, in points per game. Not, it's not just a raw yeah. uh, total scoring thing, which it had been up until this week, but now with another top five performance, he's going to be right on that borderline. I mean, this is pretty interesting development because he was kind of being left for dead after the first half of the season, and all the struggles the Packers had. I think they've got to look at what they've gotten this guy, you know, a little bit longer. So um, just from a dynasty a slash long view perspective, you know, I think he's um, accrued a little bit of value, um, much to the liking of his uh, dynasty managers. Anybody else you want to highlight at quarterback or should we keep moving? I think that we can keep moving at quarterback. You know, Trevor Lawrence almost stuck his way in there. We saw a little bit more life out of Matthew Stafford. Kyler Murray has been good since he returned. Uh, you know, more of, of Sam Howell being being productive here, but nothing we really need to dig into. All right. Well, I'm going to need an applause sound effect for the RB1 this week. All right. Well, we are congratulating Kyron Williams and his fantasy managers because after a lengthy absence, he returned and posted a mammoth 38.4 PPR. I mean, everyone was like, yeah, you know, are they going to manage his touches? You know, but then the team cut Daryl Henderson earlier in the week, and it was trending towards this type of usage. But McVay was being a little coy about needing to be a little bit more careful. Well, they gave him 16 rushing attempts and, 20, and targets. So he got 22 opportunities. He caught all six of those passes for 61 yards and two touchdowns. Dave, I'll let you break down what he did on the ground because it was equally impressive. But, I, I mean – 38.4 and the Rams remain somewhat relevant in the playoff picture here. Like this, you know, this is going to have an impact on the season. You know, we were talking in pre-production around uh, Devin, uh, Devin, a chain and wanting him to come back. I mean, it might be Williams rather than a chain um, that is, uh, you know, kind of the spoiler here at the end of the year. Yeah, that's definitely the case. And, you know, his problem, his team probably needs him a little bit more. Um the, the fun thing about this too, Curtis, was that uh, Kyron Williams was the top overall running back in this week's GLSP, and he was able to deliver, but deliver maybe 2x wow. what the tool would have been expecting because we know he had two touchdowns as a receiver, added 68 yards after the catch as a receiver. That kind of overshines what he did on the ground, but on 16 rushes, he put up 143 yards. That was 8.9 yards per clip. And that was a rushing share of 48.5. Also saw that target share of 19.4. So he immediately comes back into the lineup, sees the usage that you would hope for, really delivers on it. And it's hard to put into words how excited you had to be if you were. We had a couple of teams where we were waiting to get this guy back. 
You know, he yeah. was still showing on IR all week. It's like, you know, let's let's make sure if we put him in there, he's ready to go. And man, he was ready to go. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's all I can hope for. I hope, I mean, I noticed there's some people out there that left those Kyron William points on their bench. And, you know, I hope that you can forgive yourself and move on. We've all made that mistake at some point. But Dave, to your point, I think this is where, you know, when you have those tricky decisions, you can go to rotaviz.com, look at some of our tools like the GLSP and, um, you know, use some data to help you make your decision. Christian McCaffrey, the RB2 for the week. Uh, you can set your clock to him. Uh, B. John Robinson, the RB3 for the week. He has been trending hotter over the past couple of weeks. In this, in this uh, contest, he was 27.3 PPR, just shy of 100 yards on the ground, added a rushing touchdown. And he did uh, add three receptions for 32 receiving yards in a touchdown actually had some air yards, which is rare for running back 23 air yards uh, and 19 yards after the catch. Um, yeah. I mean, he, there, there was, he left a little meat on the bone here. Um, I think that would be the only thing you'd like to see him catch a higher percentage of these targets. Yeah. He only caught three of the six in contrast to what we see from Williams and McCaffrey who finished above him. They caught five of six and six of six of their targets um, respectively. So that's, uh, you know, an area where we could like to see uh, Robinson improve, but it's hard to critique this performance too much. The next name on the list is not one we've seen up here too much. He's been solid, but not often spectacular this year. But I mean, this was a huge boost to his teams. Isaiah Pacheco, Dave, the RB four. Yeah. And he was another one that the uh, GLSP liked this week. He ends up putting up 25.9 points in this game with the Raiders, he takes 15 carries for 55 yards. So actually not that efficient, just 3.7 yards per attempt, but was able to punch in two rushing touchdowns also, and perhaps maybe more importantly, went five for five as a receiver here, adding 34 yards. So, you know, you'll take that 8.4 extra points of production there. Uh, in terms of the backfield share, he had 65.2% of the team's rushing attempts and also saw a target share of 15.6. Now, this Chiefs offense might not have looked quite as potent this year as it did in years past, but if you're seeing 15.6% of a target share, you're getting over 50% of the carries, you're getting the opportunities uh, in scoring position, you're going to put up fantasy points. And that's what we saw Pacheco do here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now, one note before we talk about our RB5 is this was actually a pretty nice week overall for running back production. One of the stronger weeks overall that we've seen on the season as I'm tallying up here, uh, we actually had 11 running backs pending Monday night football results, 11 running backs score 20 or more PPR. I don't know if that's a high water mark. It feels like it might be. No, it um, is. As, it we've is. This, yeah, as we've done this episode every week. Yeah. Just the, by feel, I mean, that's four or five more than I think that we, than we typically see. And it, it's excluding some of the guys that we've typically seen up there in recent weeks, like Rashad White, like Alvin Kamara, um, like Jameer Gibbs. And so it was, it was a couple of different characters um, busting into there. So really the only differentiating backs this week, I mean, it was those top three, Williams, McCaffrey, and Robinson. If you had one of those guys, you were in pretty good position to succeed. Pacheco with 25 points, you know, a little bit uh, above where the the lower end RB1s were, but you know, it's Tony or it's Josh Jacobs actually at RB five with 22.5 PPR, but right behind him all within two points or less Tony Pollard, Ramondre Stevenson, Raheem Mostert, Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry and Chuba Hubbard. So, you know, that's, I think a big takeaway getting later in the year. Some of these guys are getting a little bit more involved as receivers in some cases due to lack of receiving production on their team and others just because, you know, some of the wide receivers and tight ends on those squads have been injured. So, um, you know, with Jacobs, I think, you know, the Raiders are continuing to lean heavy, heavily on uh, him as their season is, you know, basically on life support at this point. 20 carries, 110 rushing yards, uh, and a rushing touchdown. Caught four of his six targets, but only had 15 receiving yards and did not score uh, through the air. Any of those other guys you want to highlight or do you want to move on to the receivers? No, let's move on to the receivers. Okay. At receiver, to no one's surprise, Tyreek Hill. <laughs> uh, tops of the week. What can you say about this guy? Uh, he's just incredible. Um, maybe the highlight this week is, you know, 44, y- 44 air yards and 73 yards after the catch. <laughs> um Pretty low dot, even for Tyreek Hill of 3.7 this week. So doing a lot of damage with the ball in his hands. Mike Evans is the wide receiver two on the week, just 0.4 points behind Tyreek Hill. He's having one of his finest fantasy seasons at age 30 with Baker Mayfield as his quarterback. Crazy, man. All a guy does is score touchdowns in his career, and he's doing it again. Uh, six for 70 and two touchdowns. Really, I guess in the Brady era and on, I should uh, clarify, early in his career he had some some boom touchdown seasons, but he also had some letdowns. But 121 air yards uh, for Mike Evans. That's really uh, the big one jumping off the page. I want you to get the wide receiver three for us because this is the interesting name that I think could really tilt some fantasy seasons. We always know every year in fantasy, there are some late blooming rookie wide receivers uh, that work their way into you know the story of a championship archetype team Maybe this guy will be one of those players, Dave. Who was the number three on the week? 
Yeah, it, Rasheed Rice for the Chiefs. And the interesting thing to me here was I would say maybe about three, four weeks ago, um, I have him on two dynasty teams and I started getting a ton of offers coming in for him. Fortunately, I didn't let him go. And that is because we are seeing him trending in the right direction. This week converts eight of 10 targets into a target share of 31.2 and a catch uh, rate of 80% and 107 receiving yards also adds a touchdown. Now he saw just 43 air yards. That means he put up 69 yards after the catch, which was 8.6 yards after the catch per reception, easily the highest total of the week had an a dot of just 4.3, uh, which kind of, you know, is unsurprising when you look at those numbers we just mentioned also picked up four first downs, for the Chiefs, so an air yard share of 25.7 on top of a target share of 31.2. Great to see the rookie uh, not only converting what he's seeing into you know fantasy points, but becoming a larger piece of that offense. Yeah, I, I wish I had a little bit more of him at this point. Um, I've only got, I think, two squads where I could have the option of putting him in the lineup. And I'm excited to do that uh, moving forward. Devonte Smith. Um, it's, you know, he actually has taken a little bit of a step forward. I think maybe at AJ Brown's expense over the past couple of weeks, certainly feels that way. He's the wide receiver for 23.6. Both of those guys are so talented. You know, that they're going to have their weeks where they are the, the main contributors um, caught seven of eight targets for 106 yards and receiving touchdown. He had also over 100 and uh, over 100 air yards with 118, a 51.1% air yard share for the Eagles this week. That's a massive number. You like to see that for a player like Smith. Um, the, the big difference is, you know, in the weeks where he's converting those air yards, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a big score for him. Um, the wide receiver five. Nico Collins uh, from the Houston Texans. You know, we've been saying Stroud's name almost every week, and we've been saying Tank Dell or Nico Collins' name most weeks as well. 23.4 uh, for him. Uh, if you look at some of the driving statistics behind this, he caught 78% of his targets on, you know, seven uh, of nine. He did have 25% target share, which you like to see. Uh, from C.J. Stroud, 104 yards receiving and a touchdown, 97 air yards. That was only 28.1% of air yard share. Tank Dell certainly would have taken the cake in that even more so if he would have had a massive 60-plus yard bomb. Yeah. Uh, not get called back. <laughs> so, I mean, this offense is really exciting, and, and Nico got his this week. Anything you want to add about uh, Collins' performance? Well, I just think that it's notable that in addition to almost seeing 100 air yards, he all put also put up 7.1 yards after the catch yeah. per reception, a, a total of 50 yards after the catch. So, you know, certainly it's, it's helpful when you're playing with a quarterback like C.J. Stroud, able to get you the ball in spots. Uh, to make plays, but he's also, you know, not just capitalizing on that volume. He's actually doing some work after the catch as well. So this sets up as a really nice combination for Collins looking forward. And just because we, uh, this is due diligence here. Yep. Um, we, we talked about Rice being one of those receivers that could have a big late season impact. Zay Flowers perhaps could also be one of those guys. He was the wide receiver six this week. Um, you know, of course, with Mark Andrews being out, 
for the rest of the season. Somebody has to get the production for the Ravens. And so, you know, Flowers looking dynamic. He was right there on the edge. And then Keenan Allen, who was already the NFL all-time leading receiver in terms of games with 12 or more receptions, breaks his own record yet again, I think for the third time, uh, with 14 receptions <laughs> for 106 yards. Um, yeah, uh, we, we love to see it. Anytime we can get a little Keenan Allen jab in there, we're going to. Um, Want to move to the tight ends? Yeah, but but first, I will just shout out two names here that we haven't got to call too much this year. You see Gabe Davis uh, with a yeah. solid game. Yeah. Coming in behind Zay Flowers, who it was nice to see finally. Uh, well, I shouldn't say finally, but I, I've been looking for more games where he's going to get into the end zone, which was nice to see. You also had a good game, too, from Christian Watson, who I think has been a bit of a disappointment this year for many managers. Uh, but with that said, we can move on to tight end. All right. Well, the story of the week at tight end, um, it's it's really based on two things here. You know, one, uh, well, first off, spoiler alert, it was Pat Fryermuth, uh, was the tight end one for the week, pending a blow up from like TJ Hawkinson in the second half of Monday Night Football here. It's not off to a hot well, start. Well, Cole Komet, too, actually. I know when we started oh, recording, yeah. he had a ton of points, too. So we'll have to see. Okay. So, I, yeah, I shouldn't overlook Mr. Komet. Sorry about that. Thank you. Um, Fry, yeah, Fryermuth. Uh, coming in to Monday Night Football, he says the tight end one for the week. And, you know, the, the first reason that's notable is because he's actually playing. He's been out forever and, you know, he came back. So I, I have a feeling that these points were left on the bench um, in a lot of spots, uh, unless you were desperate and, you know, had been streaming a uh, totally replaceable guy. Um, so if that's the case, you know, good for you. But this also, yeah. <laughs> this also dovetails nicely with the Steelers firing of offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. Matt Canada. And it was up until this point, it was hard to understand what the biggest limitation on the Steelers offense was. Was it Canada? Was it Kenny Pickett? Or was it just the bad marriage between them? And after one week, you have to lean towards it being Canada. Pickett was targeting the middle of the field uh, with a much greater frequency uh, than we had seen with Canada. And now part of that could have been play calling. Part of it could have been the absence of Fryermuth. Um, we'll probably never know. But what it's nice to see here is that with Fryermuth coming back, I mean, he was the apple of Pickett's eye for sure. I mean, this is the type of thing that feels repeatable. I watched this game Sunday because the Browns were in the late afternoon slot and I had the Bengals game on early with my brother-in-law who is a, a huge Bengals fan. And, you know, he was rooting for the unlikely upset sans Joe Burrow there. And it was just like, I mean, Fryermuth all over the screen all day long. So, Dave, what did this stat line look like? Yeah, 11 targets, uh, nine receptions. It was target share of 34.4. Also caught 81.8%, wow. uh, which you love to see. And puts up 120 receiving yards, uh, 30 points higher than the next closest player, 29 to be exact, Travis Kelsey, who had 91, also 105 air yards, um, which again, you know, was the highest total on the week behind him. You had Travis Kelsey at 80. It was an air yard share of 37.6. Also adding 46 yards after the catch at 5.1 yards after the catch per reception, one of the higher totals on the week, an A dot of 9.5. And this really speaks to what you were talking about here with him and the role that we could see going forward picks up six first downs, which was also the highest total of the week with Travis Kelsey at five behind him 
which just kind of speaks to how this team was relying on him. You know, heading into the year, it looked like Fryermuth could be in a position where he steps up and, you know, even if he's not the flashiest player, just is so ingrained in his offense that you see him kind of consistently hit that tight end one mark. Good to see him back and good to see him get involved like this. And this does seem like something that could be repeatable when we think about the way that Pittsburgh might function moving forward. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Kelsey there, and that this was like he played that type of role in terms of importance mm-hmm. to his team um, this week. He was the only tight end with double-digit targets. Uh, he had nine receptions. The 34.4 share uh, pending Monday Night Football results, no other tight end was above 23%. Um, so, I mean, he just completely lapped the field in that category. And very few tight ends are able to uh, crest, you know, like an 80% catch rate. It's like half a dozen or so each week usually. And it's often the really good names, um, the guys that are more in that receiving skill set. So, you know, this week it was, you know, him and Kelsey and Dalton Kincaid, you know, guys like that. So that's, you know, pretty impressive there. Um, So, you know, hopefully more good things to come for Fryermuth and his managers. If I look at the strength of schedule streaming app, uh, Pittsburgh does have a somewhat more difficult matchup situation for Fryermuth over the next two weeks. But when a guy is getting over 30% of his target share, we can handle some inefficiency maybe in the matchups that he would have uh, because he might just get there through sheer volume. Uh, who's the tight end two on the week? So you got Tyler Higby, a name that I don't believe we have mentioned in a while. Uh, just five targets, but converts all five of them had a target share of 16, just 29 receiving yards, but did find the end zone twice. Uh, you know, a lot of his work coming here just on those, which were able to propel him to 19.9 PPR, an air yard share of just 8.3, two first downs, uh, you know, to go along with those two touchdowns. I'm not sure actually if there was an overlap there. So exciting for Higby, but uh, you know, not the type of thing we're probably going to be banking on making him less exciting Curtis than the third name on our list. Yeah. Higby is like the worst possible name that you can stomach starting. Cause you know, he's capable of these types of weeks, but you know, with a 16% target share, um, and basically no usefulness outside of scoring touchdowns. I mean, he's basically, like, is he West Coast Dawson Knox? Is that, you always like to mention Dawson Knox anytime. I love mentioning Dawson Knox. So, so, I, I mean, maybe say, that's, that's what we're getting here. Uh, I think, uh, I think though, that, 
the, the thing with Dawson Knox is the, the possibility of a touchdown, actually, I think for him week to week was higher pre-Dalton Kincaid arriving in Buffalo. Fair, fair enough. Um, Sam Laporta, if you go back to Thanksgiving Day, uh, hanging on as the tight end three, that could get eclipsed by one of the guys in Monday Night Football, uh, given that you know we're talking about 17.7 points. So it's a strong performance. We've seen even better uh, from Laporta this year. Um, but it's nice that, you know, even in a, a week where he's not truly busting out that he can put up nearly 20 PPR, five uh, catches, 47 yards and a touchdown. Did have a 20% air yard share and 64 air yards uh, in total. Not as much yak from Laporta uh, this week. Did have a, a respectable eight uh, yards uh, average depth of target, but only 18 yards after the catch. So just didn't break that big run. That really being the big difference between him uh, this week and some of the the other weeks, Travis Kelsey had a game where he got a little bit healthy. I don't think he got into the end zone here, yeah. but he but he did go six for ninety one. That's what you that's what you're hoping for uh, from Travis Kelsey. And this was a game where the Chiefs' offense, I think, uh, due to Kelsey looking a little bit better, Pacheco breaking out, and then now with the addition of Rice, perhaps this was a get right game for the Chiefs, and we'll see even more uh, good things from Kelsey moving forward. We've kind of got a and we'll say a co five, six here, uh, just so we can mention two names and not have to end the episode with Gerald Everett okay. at this point. Now, hold on, <laughs> sir. Let's hold on because I forget if it was last year or two years ago where I was in love with Gerald Everett and drafted. Was, was it was last year? Okay. Yeah. And drafting him late as a tight end to on a team with the potential to, you know, get into your tight end one spot, maybe flex consideration. I have been waiting to see Gerald Everett's name on this board for a long time. It's fine. It's fine. It was, it was 14 points, Dave. So yes, he's the tight end five. We should really in the two, in the, uh, you know, in this Tuesday show, we should really probably only highlight two tight ends. If we were waiting the show in terms of interest for the <laughs> listener. We should probably mention like 10 receivers and two tight ends because that's the relevancy factor. Correct. But yes, Gerald Everett gets in on uh, technicality here with 14.3 points. Um, If you think I'm stopping it early, I'm not. Well, he only had 9.8 targets, 9.8% targets here, Dave. So, you know, uh, he did get four targets, which I guess for tight ends isn't terrible. But did you see those receptions? Did you see them? They were glorious. There was one really nice one. Yeah, that's, hey, the athleticism has never been the question forever. You know, he was a great, you can go right now to rotaviz.com and look at the prospect workout explorer and look at some of our prospect box score scouting and see, you know, why we've liked him his entire career. But you know, this is not a game we're going to bank on at 9.8% target share in good faith uh, for the listeners. However, uh, the tight end six that I think we've got to mention yeah. before we sign off here is Trey McBride. He's been up in this uh, territory several times um, in the, the weeks leading up to Kyler Murray's return. And then since nine more targets caught seven of them, that's a 20.5% target share. That is what we want to see out of a player that's projectable as at least a mid tight end one from week to week, 60 receiving yards, no touchdown Um, this week. He did have 34 yards after the catch Mm -hmm. uh, this week, Dave, which was good for tight end five on the week as well there. Um, Anything else you want to highlight from his performance in week 12? 
Nothing specific other than just kind of reiterating the idea that, you know, Trey McBride, there was some excitement about him when he entered the league. There was excitement last year, excitement heading into this year. And I think that we're seeing why, you know, he has been able to deliver on that. I think he's another one of these young, exciting ends. If we see him continue to play with Kyler Murray, I think that he is going to be one of those players that is in that tier of guys that uh, you're not thinking you're going to compete to be the highest scoring player in that week, but that you could feel good about putting in your lineup and, you know, having a coin flip of him being a tight end one for that week. All right. Well, as we close here, I think maybe, maybe one of these guys from Monday night football will sneak in and, and bump both Everett and McBride out of this conversation oh, altogether. No. I just watched Hawkinson catch back to back passes here oh, on the broadcast. No. So we'll, uh, we'll wait and see uh, what happens there. Thanks for tuning in. Um, to the Tuesday Take 5. Best of luck in week 13 uh, and with your patience with us over the holiday week last week. We'll be back on a regular schedule. Make sure you tune in to the Start Sit Show. We know these are the money weeks. We're going to be there in your corner helping you make those tough decisions. And of course, uh, more Dynasty Talk this week as well. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.